Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I'm Simon Short. It has been too long, ladies and gentlemen, since your favorite guest and mine, of course, <laughs> where it all started. It's Strictly for Buckets. It's Kevin Smix. Mickey, how you That's doing, right. man? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's been very much too long. Uh, yeah, way too long since we've last done this. I said that before we started this, but yeah. This, uh, be back. This... A lot to catch up on. So so much to catch up on. I'm a little worried for everybody here how long this is going to be. I, I, you were also rightly worried. You were the adult in the room. You were worried about our health because I tried to make this into a drinking game. And you were like, Simon, I'm an adult. <laughs> you and me together trying to do this about the NBA is going to just completely destroy us. And we have right. to you know, do real things. Um, so yeah, good good on you for, for figuring that out. Because yeah, what we're going to do today, we're... we're we're talking exactly. We're talking the NBA. We're talking about uh, the NBA offseason. We're gonna take you guys back a little bit here. Um, hit hop in the time machine, do a little uh, postseason review, just some general thoughts we had. Uh, the the NBA has gotten so big and gargantuan. It's really hard to cover uh, week in and week out. So so we're just gonna take this opportunity. It might take us an hour. It might take us three hours, somewhere in between. But we're just going to talk about what's happened in the NBA <laughs> since really the last time Smick and I got together, which was, I feel like, just before the playoffs. So we're, we're just going to yep. roll through it. We'll talk draft. We're going to talk some uh, offseason moves. And don't worry, there will be at least one Sixers-related monologue in here for everybody uh, who's, who's at, at home two. waiting on it. At, at, at least, least two. two. So, yeah, over, under, three and a half. Keep track at home. If you want to make a drinking game out of this yourself, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could have a good time. Um, pretty do much the rules, if, if you want to do it, we're just going to be anything that happened. I mean, we always say the NBA is drunk. The offseason is drunk, right? So we might as well be too. So anytime we talk about something that's roll your eyes, so NBA, roll your eyes, so NBA summer, so NBA offseason, that's when you take a drink. And again, it, it'll take care of you real quick. Don't worry about it. Hashtag um, this league hashtag this league that's right uh so let's just let's get into it man so let's let's go back let's do a quick playoff review how did you feel before i, I have some specific points here i want to hit but how did you feel about the playoffs as a whole did you enjoy them this year did you not enjoy them uh anything you did or did not like uh in particular yeah no it was it was great um i, I didn't like it from a fan perspective being six or seven very depressing once again um but no i mean just uh I, I hate the celtics but they're you know a nice young team um so i enjoyed that uh, a lot of drama uh like the warriors and and grizzly series is wild mm-hmm. um you know luca upsetting the suns mm-hmm. uh all that stuff yeah no it was it was great um i enjoyed watching it uh finals i thought the celtics kind of ran out of gas they kind of took too much to get there i mean they went uh two straight game sevens i think they kind of just were it's gassed by the time they kind of got up to the warriors but yeah um very entertaining playoffs i did not see this going this way i kind of i constantly as this was happening uh was going back to our podcast and like my predictions and your predictions and i was like man i should have been more on the warriors i, I predicted a boring freaking rematch mm-hmm. which I thought it was very likely, but I don't know, like mentally, I was like, the Warriors got a legit shot. And uh, it was always them or the Suns for sure. Um, and I, I, 
I don't know why I wasn't on the Warriors more. Like if I was well, a gambling I'll, man, I should. And I'll give you credit yeah. because I thought I I went back and listened to it too, and I thought about it, and you made this whole case for the Suns, and then at the end, as I was starting to give my point and come up with my prediction, you were like, "Well, there's also the Warriors," and then I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, there, there's the Warriors." Like let's let's talk. Right, so I mean, yeah. it, you you were on it, you were almost there. So yeah, let let's work backwards from that. So the so the championship. Warriors Celtics, I'm with you. I think it was just too much for Boston. I also think that championship medal that you see from Golden State really shone true once game four happened. You you could feel in game four, you know, the first three games were back and forth, big swings, alternating wins, yada yada. But once game four happened, you just kind of felt like, okay, the Warriors figured this thing out. Yeah. Something I love, and, and I know you probably love it too, is Zach Lowe on his podcast always says, Game four is kind of the, the swing game of a series. It's usually when all the chess moves ha- have been made, all the yeah. coaching adjustments, the roster adjustments have been made for the series. And after game four, it's kind of just, you know, my best, your best. Let's see what we got. And, and you could feel everything in that moment in game four swung Golden State. Oh, yeah. and, and that was kind of just when it felt like it was locked up. It was just a matter of how many games it was going to be. Um, Steph has the huge game, obviously. Wiggins figured things out defensively. Draymond got his groove back. Um, Clay never quite got to himself. I really thought he was going to be the one to put the nail in the coffin in game six. Um, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be even better next year. But even with that, just every, like, he even just like found his rhythm within the series. It wasn't going to be the super efficient 28 points on, you know, 10 of 12 shooting, that kind of deal. But, everyone kind of found their groove by game four and it just felt like Boston was kind of along for the ride like the rest of us. Oh yeah. The, uh, I was in, I was in a bachelor's part or at a bachelor's party in Atlantic city, uh, during game four. So we were at the casino and I, I don't enjoy gambling. I'm not good at it, but a couple of us were like, let's just bet the Celtics money line. They're favored big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I think so. And I was like, I, I feel pretty confident in the wing. Like the Warriors are like, where are they scoring other than Steph? They just can't really score. That's they have no answers for the toughness. And uh, Steph just had that crazy game where he just like hit that one dagger three very early, very early, and like mm-hmm. kind of like did like one of these to the crowd. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that's when you're, I was like, yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, that was it. That was uh, it. And I think not even only just for that game, I think that was the whole series right there. And I was like, yeah, this is this is it. And I think this the Celtics just kind of ran out of gas and yeah. Uh, it was it was great to see Steph finally get his due also because I think yeah. he gets mislabeled so much as like just a shooter and not even like your you know your your Kevin Durant shooter or your uh, Kawhi Leonard where it's like get to my spot use my physicality and shoot it's oh he just runs around and shoots no man the guy gets buckets the guy gets to the basket the guy does everything goes to the hole plays defense and yeah I remember that that first iteration of the Warriors runs when people just didn't get it and it was like, no, man, you have to watch every single game and you will see, it's not that hard to see all the extra things he does. Now it helps that since then the dude is just like jacked now. And I yeah. think it's a lot easier to see when he goes to the basket. Oh, he put a shoulder into somebody or he's playing defense and wow, it's not that easy to back that guy down. It's very different than, than the scrambling skinny stuff we saw on defense four years ago. So it's just really cool that, that finally everyone kind of gets it and sees it. And, and now we're in, you know, the legacy talks and everyone's finally admitting, okay, we can start talking about this guy as like a legitimate all-time great. And, you know, that's a that's a whole other episode getting into that stuff. And, and hopefully we'll do that one day. I know we, we talked after the Super Bowl legacy stuff 
do you care and you weren't too interested in it do you care about legacy stuff for basketball anymore than football or not nah, you still just don't care uh, uh, no i feel like it's just a never-ending argument it's just basically people just take their guys that you can't really argue i mean everybody's just so good in just different eras yeah it's hard man but yeah. stuff so i would say for legacy purposes like this this put a major stamp on his own legacy for yeah. for me yeah uh like you know everybody's writing them off it's like oh, steph's done clay's done like i mean mm-hmm. they, they went from winning titles and then adding durant and being this super 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 team and then after that everybody's kind of like yeah that's, that's the warriors yeah and then i mean you hit on jordan pool that's a big 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 deal mm-hmm. uh you know wiggins figures out who he really should have always been anyway mm-hmm. uh so i mean they you, you don't just do that even if steph was steph like you still need those other role players to be well but uh, you know, Steph just, uh, man, just finally winning another or winning another title, even after all this is beyond impressive. And uh, for me, if we do want to get into that talk, does solidify it for me getting him on that all time. Because, I mean, he's already a great shooter all time. It's not even not even a debate. And uh, I mean, so, I mean, he's probably one of the best guards of all time easily too, like point guards, if you want to call him a point guard. But that's where it also gets dicey. And that's where it's like, that's why he just do, the, do like, the magic yeah. thing. And it's like completely different uh, players. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. We don't need to go down that road. But um, <laughs> let's hit the draft. And honestly, I don't have any super hot takes about the draft. I mean, it, it, it seems pretty chalk. I will completely admit. I mean, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know, I, I've been covering the WNBA this summer. I've been covering the NFL heavy through the spring and back into the winter and fall. Um, this was the least I knew about the draft class other than what I knew about them when they were like coming out of high school. Right. So Chet, we've obviously known since he was 16, Paolo, same thing. Um, so yeah, you know, those guys are at the top You and you follow throughout the college season and you know that they're doing what you at least expect. So, you know, they're, they're going to be around. Um, but in terms of like, once we get past the like top 10, you know, I don't have a whole lot of takes. So, so we're going to be focusing on the top five, unless of course you want to, dig into some you know uh mark williams actually of duke who i wouldn't mind digging into i do know that one um but but let's just start at the top i want to tell you with the whole palo bancaro thing going number one to orlando where for weeks and weeks and weeks it seemed like it was between jabari and chet jabari and chet oh palo didn't even work out for them oh he's not interested they're not interested oh he's he's mad he's not even in consideration for number one all this stuff right all this chatter and then I forget how, like a half hour, a couple hours before the draft, it's when Woj does his tweet, right? He, yeah. he does his tweet, I'm old, um, is when he tweets, hey, you know, they're really zoning in on Palo Bank or whatever he says. And you're like, wow, Palo's going number one. Here's the take I've had since that, and, and I haven't come off it, and I really haven't heard too many people say it. So this is a mainstream thing that people are saying, and I've missed it, let me know. But could it all have just been a giant smokescreen to them? They say Paolo's the most complete player. You know, we, Jabari's a good shooter and, and has some defensive versatility, but he's not a playmaker. Chet, we're worried about his body. Uh, Paolo is a 6'10", 250-pound guy who can score and pass, and if he gets it together, play defense. So we're not even going to invite him for a workout because we know he's our top guy. We're going to invite Chet and Jabari, and if they do something in the workout to change our minds, then we'll try to get Paolo in to, to kind of take that spot back. Um, all the while, we're not going to say we love him because we want to pull off a Markel Fultz, Jason Tatum trade 
and maybe go down the three and get them there anyways. I, that's where I, as soon as they made the pick or as soon as the Woj tweet came through, that's where I was on Palo while everybody was freaking out. What, what did you think of that? Did you, do, does that track? Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I, I, that's very interesting. No, I, I actually haven't thought of that until you told me that today. I, I don't know what was behind this. And I, I really don't know. John Hammond is usually like Mr. Long length guy, athletic. It's mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. not on par. It's weird. I mean, I'm not saying Pelo's bad. He's a great player. It was a very clear top three. I think he was probably like, if I were to rank the top three, I would probably put throw a tier one as Paolo and Chet, which actually mm-hmm. end up. I think I would throw Chet first. I do. And then Jabari is a tier two by himself. Um, and not really, that's still a very good tier two. It's not like it's, you know, I just think the other two are probably a little higher, which is weird because that ended up working out that way. But no, I, I think it's the weirdest thing. They didn't bring him in for a, a, a workout. Uh, they barely talked to him. I think he had like his, I think he had like Zoom meetings. But I think that was it because I, I saw Scott Van Pelt was asking him and was like, congrats on being number one. Like, it's very odd that they don't work out the actual number one pick. He's like, no, nah, I still went through some stuff, but like, okay, like, yeah, we're talking. But I mean, how much can you see in a workout? They're just dribbling in the gym by themselves. I guess maybe it's just there to see the facility. So, I mean, maybe they're on to something. Does that really matter? Not really. You, you know what his game is. You've probably, they probably were at every single one of his games. If not, they watched every single one. Yep. And uh, so you know who he is as a player. So, I mean, is that really a big deal? I don't think so. Uh, it's weird and it's odd because no one does it. But honestly, I don't think that's a big deal. Like, because <laughs> as long as you've talked to a guy and you've done your homework on there, like, who cares? But I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I really thought they were just locked in on Jabari. Maybe something happened. <clears throat> Maybe there's some kind of medical thing we don't know. I, I, I don't even want to speculate, but yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, definitely it came out of nowhere, but I'm with you on, on the whole like workout being overhyped thing. Like how, how much can you really learn? And, and I think Paolo's game was probably the most translatable, uh, to the NBA. So you could see it in a college game and say, I know how that's going to work in the NBA. Whereas right. I think Jabari and Chet's game, it's a little more of a projection, but not by much, but just more like, can these guys, what are they going to be like day one when they come in now that transitions us to Mr. Chet Holmgren, who were just coming off of a crazy summer league performance um, where he set a summer league record in blocks. He had 20 some points on like 10 shots. Um, Really just, you know, doing everything. Five threes, threes, I think. Something, man. He was 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 on fire. Six blocks. How, I don't need a whole lot of analysis, but how excited are you for Chet? That's all I really want to know. What's your excitement level? He looks like a, like a guy <laughs> he uh I, I he's going to struggle on his nights like i saw uh kenny lofton jr absolutely taking him like just beasting him dude he was just backing him down and just bullying him that was just bad so there's going to be a lot of videos he's gonna have a lot of low lights chet's gonna have a lot of low lights he's gonna get dunked on he's gonna get absolutely bullied i saw the 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 picture of katie in the hospital bed where he's just like what up they're like chet after uh uh, Giannis takes it or he takes a charge on Giannis uh, uh-huh, it's like yeah uh-huh. man, he's gonna get bullied uh, he needs to gain weight there's no doubt about it but his raw skill set is insane I take a chance on that on a 19 year old the dude if I mean I think that's who I would try to build a team around that type of center Chet's the perfect future five um god he is he is gonna be fun he looked like Dirk dude I was I mean he's gonna get scrubs but like wow 
and there's going to be no pressure. There's going to be no pressure in wow. OKC. I mean, Shea might never play in a playoff game for them because they just are going to end like he's going to get benched two thirds of the way through every season until they finally trade him, and that's when they're going to go to the playoffs. Yeah. But that they are building something there, and and Josh Giddy and, and Chet, and hopefully Shea and eighty-seven and a half million dollar man Lou Dort um, could all wow. be. It, yeah, Lou Dort didn't quite make our rundown here, but uh, wanted to throw him in. Um, it could be interesting. And like you said, if if you're going to get a center that's going to have to make some money eventually, he better be able to do everything. Uh, so either go cheap and, and get you know a new guy every year or get a rookie who you're going to pay for four years on a rookie deal and then move on from. Right. Or get a guy that can get you 25, 10, 5, and 5 and be – uh, an all NBA type of guy. I'm I'm with you there. Now, will Chet do that? We'll see. But I think you know his, he, his he's floor the guy is that... so high. I think like he he I don't yep. think he can really fail. At worst, he's a very very good like. I think at worst he's like a very capable starter. I, I at worst I think, I think like, he's yeah. like a max a, a, a souped up Maxi Kleba, right? Sure, those, those stretches yeah. of Maxi Kleba you get where he's shooting forty percent from three, playing good defense and defending the rim. And you get those in spurts, right? But And then they start doing some other stuff. But that's – I agree with you. I think that's his floor. And then on top of that, if you can get some extra playmaking, some high-volume shooting, and then some, like, really elite rim protection, then it's it's going to be a whole different ballgame, I think. Yeah, I uh, – Sam Vecini said that uh, Chet is the most – I think I'll, – I'll try to paraphrase it, but basically, like, the most uh, – active like way he can cover ground and defense like he said it is unbelievable it's the best prospect he's ever seen in that regards and just like his way he makes up ground like next thing you know you think you got layups next thing he's blocking a shot like he's just so long and honestly pretty quick laterally and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that yep. helps so i know like he's like robert williams i think he even said this he's like robert williams but with like a jump shot like a nasty like kind of he has a bag dude like it but, he's nasty yeah so like I, I his ceiling's very high dude but uh i think he's very safe too yeah for sure high, high floor high ceiling guy i'm with you let's let's move on uh jabari smith you know went three to the rockets that's great they have some nice young players we'll see what they look like this year i want to move on to to the to the kings though at, at the fourth pick i feel like the kings are just always in a lose-lose situation until they start winning some games because because i want to play this out for you so they're always so in a I'll, lose-lose situation they're always in a lose-lose situation. So Jaden Ivey, the guard out of Purdue, was everybody's like consensus number four guy in this draft. And the conversation was, are the Kings going to take him, even though he's a guard? Or are they going to draft for positional fit or team fit and go with the Keegan Murray out of Iowa? And again, it felt like either way they were screwed because what some people were saying was, if you take Jaden Ivey at guard, your third guard in the last five years of the draft, a year after trading Tyrese Halliburton because you just made that mistake, then what are, what are you even doing anyways? You're not learning. Then the middle are, then, you know, the argument is you have to take him. He's the best player there. He's the fourth best guy in the draft. Some people like him a little bit better than some of the top three guys, but a consensus number four in the draft, you just take the best player. And some people were in the middle and they were saying, take him because you traded Halliburton to get an all-star big man. It's a bonus. So right. now you still have those three guards again that you would have wanted, but you also have some bonus. So uh, again, I kind of just feel like they were screwed either way. <laughs> They're the Kings you get made and rightfully so. I'm not, I'm not saying I feel bad for him, 
but you you operate the way you do, you get made fun of until you you change perspective. Do you, do you did you think Ivy was like can't miss? You have to do this. This was the only option, or are you kind of just like eh, whatever? We'll see what Keegan Murray looks like, and you know we'll find some other reasons to make fun of the Kings. No, you draft Jaden Ivy. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah, that's that's that simple. Yeah, this is a bad pick. <laughs> Keegan Murray's fine. He's he's good. He's gonna be fine. This is a bad pick. Like this is a horrible pick, honestly. I I, I don't know if you saw my tweets. Um, so Jonathan Wasserman, uh, NBA draft guy, he literally said did not talk to one NBA person all year that had Murray over Keegan. King's either brilliant or reckless. And like, I just Jaden Ivy. Pick one of those two. You know what? The, you know what? It's he's be. guaranteed to have a. Jaden Ivey is going to be a Hall of Famer just because, uh, like, King's pick is just 2018. Mar- Marvin Bagley, then Luka Doncic was next pick. Uh, uh, Thomas Robinson, number five pick in 2012. Damian Lillard, the next pick. They picked Jimmer in 2011 with number 10. And Clay went the next pick. That's just three examples. I think there's way more. That was just what ESPN showed on the draft. But I blasted the Kings on Twitter. Not that my opinion matters at all, but, man, they just – uh, I said it was a three-player draft, but really it's a four-player draft. It's like a top three and Jaden and Ivy, and then the draft starts, really. That's how it should be. Uh, he has it all, man. I mean, it's crazy. Like, um, truly incredible. Pistons got an absolute steal. They had a phenomenal draft, the Pistons. I love uh, Jalen Duran too. I didn't really give up much to get him as well. But, no, anyway, back to Jaden Ivy. He's just He's just filthy. And just can do everything. He's a perfect fit to Cade. I, I can't imagine being in that Pistons draft room. And um, it's funny if he did somehow follow the Pacers, it would be even funnier if he like, you know, the Kings passed on to like also get him again. Like they gave up Halliburton and then basically just right. gave and them the whole yeah, backcourt. Yeah. I wish that happened for, for just hot take sake, but. The Kings, man, just like I, I don't know why they always they just want these NBA ready guys like oh like Keegan Murray's a little older, he's an NBA ready guy. I'd never take the, the NBA ready guys the dumb like the dumbest, laziest thing. It's like okay, this guy's just old and like has no ceiling. <laughs> like like Keegan Murray, seriously, he'll be okay. He'll be very fine. He's going to be good. They'll they'll be okay. But like you, you don't pass them probably. A, potential all-star like Keegan Murray's not an all-star all right man you drafted Harrison Barnes congrats you'll be the Kings yeah, like Barnes. they're just so obsessed over making the playoffs right. that they just they never they never they, like they want to be that eight seed so bad that they they actually like they, like their their bar like their ceiling is the eight seed in their minds and then they're like we just got to get there and then they're really like actually just falling like 10 11 yep. 12 yep. and Instead of just like, let's just be patient and they just cannot do it. And it's just, I really think the Kings might be the worst professional American sports team. I really think they're the worst. Like, I cannot think of one that is worse. Like, there's a lot of bad franchises in the four major sports. Like, I, I don't even want to go into it, but you've got me thinking that. That's a whole nother pod. That's a whole, yeah. that's a whole nother. We'll do, you just, that's a good it just, mark it down. The Kings, man. I just want to put this on the record just so it's out there. Like this is one of the this is one of the worst draft picks. Um, it just blew my mind. I, I was just sitting there shocked. 
Yeah. Um, do you have any other draft takes that you kind of want to finish this up? That yeah, that was it. I mean, with Keegan Murray, just as much as I thought the Kings were in a in a put themselves in a tough position where they were going to get made fun of, this guy, man, I feel bad for him because uh, unless he becomes right up there with those other top three guys, he's going to be compared to Jaden Ivey for the rest of his career. Yeah. Now, if he has a better career than him, great. But I still even think that like the to make this really work out for them in the end the Kings are going to have to do more than just make the playoffs. If, if they're going to really, if this is going to work, because it, in their mind, like you said, if that bar is the eight seed and Murray is a 15 and seven guy with good shooting and good defense, and he's a nice player and he fits with some bonus and, and the rest of the guys, that's good. And, and in a right. vacuum, you'd say, Hey, if you got a guy who was going to be 10 years, 15, and seven and a decent player, that's good, right? You're, you're the draft is hard. So if you can do that, that's great. And, but, but, and, and you get to the eight seed a couple times and you're feeling good about it. Yeah, that's great. But this is what limits those ceilings. Like you're talking about just shooting. If you're just shooting for here, you're, you're completely eliminating the opportunity for you to get up to here uh, for it's a podcast. So people, I have my hand below my chin in the first one. And then the second here is above <laughs> my head. So it's a big difference. Um, so, so if you're just operating, you know, uh, in Sacramento, they might be, you know, puffing their chest out because this might be a move that does help them get to the eight seed. Now, we already said. Well, they knew they were going to sign Malik conference. Monk. So they were like, okay, yeah, they were all set. They we, we, why would we take Jaden? We don't want we can sign Malik Monk to the MLE and then we can just draft Keegan Murray. I mean, that's obviously what makes sense. We're going to be deep and stacked. Dude, you just made me buy all the way back in. I didn't even. I didn't. I'll be. Honest, I didn't care enough when Malik Monk got signed to the Kings that I didn't think about him and Fox and, and the locker room moment. Oh, How yeah, many man. times they're is that going to be back. played on the jumbotron? It, anywhere, it back, whether dude. it's a, whether it's they're on the road and someone's making fun of them, or they're at home inspiring their fans. That moment's going right. to be played so much. Um, My last take is the Thunder killed it. I, I love Jalen Williams. Oh yeah, he's he's very. He just screams like this dude's a this dude's an NBA player. Um, and yeah, they just really good picks. They, they've made a bunch of them. Uh, they what got Usman Jiang too. Um, so they actually used three first yeah. round picks. So uh, yep. it's interesting to see Sam Press actually trade away some picks and stuff, but yeah, yeah, they did really well. My last draft take, and it kind of molds into just like offseason moves and general free agents and, and, and trades and stuff. The Knicks cleared a lot of room uh to, to bring in one Jalen Brunson I mean not just you know cut or waved or, or stretched or, or a couple guys I mean they traded out of the first round they yeah. traded you know to, to save money there they they traded picks to get rid of Kemba Walker they did they did a lot of stuff and quibble with it how you will um there, there were some some interesting trades obviously not as many as we all always hope there are going to be when it comes draft time um but the Pistons were involved in a lot of trades. The Knicks were involved. Uh, OKC was obviously in a couple, but kind of everything was all over the place. In terms of the Knicks, and you can transition this into, into Brunson right now, who, who the Knicks have signed to a four-year, $104 million contract. Uh, but the Knicks made moves, and they traded picks and, and created all this space and um, to, to bring in Brunson. Combining draft into the Brunson pickup, what do you think about the Knicks? What they're what they're doing this offseason? As a rival of a 
team that I'm a fan of that's fine. It's like the Cowboys. It's like it's really the most similar comparison. It's just like let's just like we need a win like right now. Like there's just the literally smallest amount of patience. It's like uh, this shouldn't. I mean, it's it's as bad as like signing Jalen Brunson to that big of a contract is. I don't think it's horrible. I mean, I don't think his contract becomes untradeable. Um, and it's like he can still do stuff. So I don't think it's terrible. It just doesn't elevate their ceiling. They're not winning a title. Um, so it's just like the middling grounds, like the Knicks just kind of want to be sort of relevant. And if that's what their goal is, it's just – it's interesting to see this across the league where it's like what truly are people's goals. Like Sixers clearly are like, now we're going for a championship. And, you know, there's, like, a bunch of teams that are going, like, all in, but it's, like, kind of like the T-Wolves. Like, now we're clearly going for just, like, wins and maybe to make the playoffs and maybe mm-hmm. win out, mm-hmm. make it out of the first round. Like, it's interesting to see that people, different teams, different ideals like that. And um, it's just crazy. Like, they just, the never-ending cycle of the Knicks, just, like, let's get this up, let's get this up, let's get cap space, and then let's sign a player that we're eventually going to – have to shed and get picks up to get the next person. Like it's just a never ending cycle of them flipping draft capital for overpaying players to then do the same thing to that. So basically like they'll probably have to use picks to get rid of Jalen Brunson for the next person. And then this, it's a never ending cycle truly. And whatever <laughs> it's the Knicks, man, it is the freaking Knicks. They're uh it's fine. Yeah, they, it's really fine. It's not a terrible contract. No, it's, it does. Twenty. It's essentially you know twenty five mil a year. And here's the thing with Brunson. What I what I think is going to end up happening, and the reason why it's ultimately not going to work out, and it's because Brunson's going to bridge the gap between this team, which inevitably is going to be broken up, and, and the start of the next team that that's going to come in after that. So by the time Tibbs wears out his welcome in New York, by the time Randall. Uh, wants to go somewhere else, you know, and, and this team goes from Randall, RJ, and now Brunson coming in to, to be the connector. And then you got Rose off the bench and, you know, all those guys that they went out and signed last year and, and have brought in over the years. At, in the next couple of years, they're going to move into a, a new, more modern team with your two-way wing, right, that we talked about in, in RJ Barrett. Obi Toppin's going to get on the court more. Hopefully Isaiah quickly is going to start getting on the court more and, and Brunson's going to kind of be the connector of that. And then all of a sudden he's not going to be as relevant to the team. The Brunson move is a move you make similar to the Bucks and Drew Holiday where it's, Hey, we're ready made. We're a good team. As soon as this guy comes in, he's going to push us over the edge. Cause if you try to build around Drew Holiday, it, it's not going to take you where you want to go. We, we've seen that from the very beginning with him, right? For, for you and Philly. But you make that guy your last piece when you're already a team in the in the conference finals or in the semifinals, you're in good shape. But if you're hoping this guy takes you from middling seven to ten seed and vaults you into championship contending level, that's not going to happen. So so I think he'll be around. I think he's going to last all four years of that trade or of that contract. But I don't think he takes you to that next step unfortunately he's going to give you good solid production in the meantime which is again just what new york is looking for right now which again is probably the wrong way to be doing it um but but it is it is what they're doing and yeah you're you're right on 
this this get quick uh, get good quick schemes because they haven't made a first round pick now since 2020 with Obi Toppin. And when they were making them, they were pretty good. I mean, Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett two years in a row. Of course, the two years before that were Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina. Uh, so that really hasn't been going too well for them. So Knicks have some stuff to work on for sure. Smick, any, any last thoughts there on the on the Knicks before we move on here? Yeah, I uh, I really like Obi Toppin. I think he's good. I, I think uh, I yeah I think they should probably try to figure out what's up with Randall. I, it stinks. I've actually always been I've always been a big Randall guy, even since he was at Kentucky. I was like, this guy's good, and mm-hmm. he's always a little underrated. Now he's kind of overpaid, and he shouldn't be a face of a franchise, but he's very good. Um, but now Obi could. Once again, that that they're they're not going to be really anything, but they could be fun. Like, and it's cool. I love Jalen. Like, as a, he's like kind of a local dude. Uh, grew up in New Brunswick, and uh, he said a story about he would he would go to uh the garden with his dad, and he grew up going around there like all the time. So like, this is cool for him, man. Get your freaking money. And like, I, I would like to say this about the Mavs and Brunson. How do you let that guy walk? Like. When you have Luka Doncic, like, you can't afford to lose players in the NBA. Like, it's really – that's how it's set up. Like, like Zion Williamson, should you have paid him the max contract? Probably not, but you don't really have a choice. Like, there's no choice in this. Like, you just you just do it. And then you, like, trade them later. Like, but you just sign players. You don't – you can't afford to lose players because it's so hard to, like – especially when you're over the cap. Like, you just can't – like, you lose that cap hold and then, like, you're it's, – it's, it's not good. So how bad is that to have Luka Doncic, probably the best player the Mavs will ever have, probably other than Dirk. He's probably could even be better than Dirk. Anyway, you're going to have a top two player of your whole entire franchise, and you're not going to go, like, all in. What is paying, like, maybe five mil more? Maybe he just truly never did answer them and just was like, I'm out. Uh, maybe he was like, I'm going home. But, man, how do you let that guy walk? Like, they're in trouble, man. Like, he let them play, like, five out, and, like, they were just – balling out dude like they, they were fun man he was very perfect compliment for Luca just being like kind of an off ball shooter but like man I'm happy for Jalen dude it was a second round pick Villanova won a title there and he just was I've heard just such a great dude so happy for Jalen win that take take that cash dude good for you man get that bag happy for him moving on to another guard that that's here in the uh I don't, even, I don't know the divisions. Uh, Atlantic Division, Southeast Division, Southeast Division. Uh, that, divisions wait, aren't real. That's the Wizards. Anyways, what I don't know. Anyways, the Boston Celtics trade for Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, that's was, the Atlantic. Uh, they, that's, I thought they, you were talking about they, another one. That's the Atlantic <laughs> Division. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon on his way to Boston. Uh, 19 points, 5.9 assists, 5.1 rebounds per game for Malcolm this past year. Up and down as a shooter. And when I say up and down, I mean he re- regularly sways from a 30% shooter to a 38% shooter like year to year. So you just never know what's going to happen. Obviously, I mean, the guy hasn't played more than I think 64 games is his career high. And I think that was two or three years ago now. Um, but the Celtics traded Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, a couple other bench pieces, including our uh, Nick Stauskas. Uh, and a 2023, it's either a top 12 protected or lottery protected first round pick to get them. Um, it's a decent move for Boston. They they get another guy who can handle the ball, who can shoot a little bit, who can play some defense. I think putting him in a smaller role is just going to maximize him. Well, he's one of those guys that you ask him to be your lead ball handler, your point guard, your, your number one or two guy, it's not going to go well. But if he's your 
eighth or ninth guy, your backup point guard, you know, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Um, and, and to get them for what they got them for, you know, a bunch of guys that didn't play in the playoffs and, and then a, you know, protected first round pick is pretty good stuff. What did you think about Malcolm going to Boston? It's a like no brainer for them for this deal. Like uh, it's it, I'm just basically repeating what I heard on the Zach Bo podcast today, him and Tim Bontemps were talking about it. And <clears throat> literally, like, it's just no risk. So, like, you said that protected pick. They told they said on the podcast that this pick is protected. So, say it's the top 12 protected. If they're inside the top 12, it disappears. It doesn't turn into seconds. It's it. So, it's like, they if they somehow suck, which I don't see that happening, but they somehow suck, there's no risk. It's just you got Malcolm Brogdon for free. Um, you know, you give up some fillers. It, it's it's a great move. And, and he's there – he's not going to start. So he is their sixth man. Like Marcus March still starting. It's very obvious. Um, yeah. It's it, it, not much to say here for me, other than they're filthy. They're Peyton Pritchard's like their ninth or 10th guy. Like, I mean, they're, uh, they're good, man. That's not much to say. Like, this is a really good move. It's scary. Uh, they already were good. Uh, that's Galnari. That's the other person I was trying to think of. Um, so, I mean, very minor move ish for Gallo, but like, dude, like, uh, yeah, man, they're, they're filthy. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, it's not a good day to be somebody that really wants Boston to lose because, right. uh, I, I even said this all through the playoffs. I love every single player they have on that freaking team, man. I love Ime yeah. Udoka. I, I love top to bottom yeah. every single, but once Marcus Smart cooled it with, with the flopping a couple years ago, you can sure. truly appreciate that guy. It, it, it's so hard to be a Boston hater, but Hey, we do it. You know, we do it for the people, uh, the people need us to do it. So we're going to keep doing it. Let's move on. Like you said, it's not, not a huge move, but good for them that the rich get a little bit richer. I will say it's interesting that like they were talking about like the wizards going to trade from a 10 um, mm-hmm. and then other like lottery picks were going to flip their pick for Brogdon. And all of a sudden they basically just take flyers like Aaron Neesmith and uh, back end first. So well, and same Bond thing with Jerry and, and, and sorry, go ahead. Same thing with uh with, with uh Grant, right? Who who goes to to Portland? Everyone yeah. was saying, oh, if Portland wants him. It's going to take the seventh pick, and do they have to trade anything else? Like, what what else is going to happen? Um, nope. They you know twenty twenty five protected first round pick is all you need to do for Jeremy Grant. So yeah. for whatever, I mean, I think it just shows that this this draft when, once people got up to it people really valued these picks. Now, uh, when we get into the trades, which we're about to get to, uh, if you send enough picks way out into the future, you don't know who those players are yet. You're not nearly as attached to them. That's how the Hawks felt when they traded for DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. Look at that transition. Uh, They traded the first round picks in 2023, 25, and 27. Um, 25 and 27 are completely unprotected. They also sent an unprotected pick swap in 2026 uh DeJounte Murray good player first time all-star 21.1 points 9.2 assists 8.3 rebounds um I was confused by this move for San Antonio we talked about this at the trade deadline pod when we talked about Derek White you 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 draft a player in the end of the first round you have them for five or six years you help them turn into an all-star this guy's still young uh, 21, nine and eight is no joke. I don't care what your team's record was. You know, you could say he did it on a bad team, but that is, you're, you're a player. You're a real guy when you do that. But I think at the end of the day, they just got overwhelmed with that, with that haul. I mean, 
three first round picks and a pick swap two of those three picks are unprotected is just nuts when you consider it's the hawks who just two years ago we said look at all these young assets they have they have this complete team and they're slowly losing those assets that we were talking about and Dejounte murray is a free agent in two years so in two years we'd be looking at a team without even Dejounte murray on it is trey young the next guy that might be looking for a way out by then and then you're looking at some pretty nice picks and i think the spurs just couldn't say no to that um any any feelings for you on murray and i guess the last thing for me real quick murray i don't know if you're going to get the best murray in atlanta now if they if they do this right it can work if you say okay murray and young you guys both have the ball a lot in your hands we're going to optimize both of you without the ball by trey young you got to move without the ball and become a a, a shooter a true shooter and Murray, when you don't have the ball, you got to use that length and athleticism and you got to make some cuts and do some backdoor stuff. Um, you know, slip some backdoor screen, stuff like that. You got to become a little bit better of a shooter. If they can do that, then that makes sense. But as these guys are currently right now, I don't know how they mesh other than the fact that Murray is a really good defender and Trey Young is not. But on the offensive side of the ball, unless they start doing some stuff that I haven't seen yet. And, and more particularly with Trey Young, I don't think Murray will have a hard time becoming a good cutter, but you're also giving up four first round picks for a, a cutter and a good defensive guard. That's that doesn't sell to me. So Trey Young has to figure out a way to help Murray also be the best player he is by doing some new things. Uh, but what did you think of the trade? What do you think about the fit? So I love DeJounte Murray. Always been a fan. I, I wrote him up highly. That's when I was uh, kind of doing some draft stuff with that draft, specifically the Ben Simmons draft. I I, I loved – I want to go back and read my scouting report on Murray. I was very high because not many people were. He, he wasn't really, you know, highly touted as much. But this is an overpay. I think it's that simple. Um, yeah, so he was the 29th pick in the draft. I thought he fell. Um, I had him in the top 10 for sure. Um, I'm gonna try to find you. I'll find it. I found yeah, my cool. stuff on him back from 2017. Yeah, it's um, basketball process. This is my Twitter handle or B ball process at B ball process. There's some probably interesting, great takes which we should go over sometime. And just like there's more <laughs> bad than good, definitely. Anyway, uh, Dejounte, I love Dejounte. I love this type of player. The super long, just can defend and just freaky athletic and just do can like touches his his, shoe, his shoes while standing up like he's that long but this is a weird fit and it's an overpay and oh my god you i just feel like you can't do unprotected first man like i know there was a big market for him so i think they probably were like that's what it came down to and it's like do i really want to lose him to a competitor where like i i'm sure this is where the hawks think they're like we were few games from the finals they they snuck into that eastern conference finals uh they're probably like look we just had a rough year this past year this gets us over the hump i think the t-wolves are thinking something similar this is how these teams so i mean i get it you get a chance to make a splash you're not going to be able to sign anybody so like this let's just get our all our chips in the basket for this i love this for the spurs because um they're in purgatory like it, it's similar to where the Sixers were like young guard future all-star but probably not annual all-star like Drew Holiday this is very similar to the Sixers very similar so like 
You got DeJounte Murray and a bunch of like very good role players, but no, you're not, your ceiling is the seven, eight, nine seed. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy that they finally took this road. They probably should have done this a few years ago, but didn't. Um, so this is a slam dunk for them. And I'm curious to see if Pop sticks around. It sounds like he is, but the funniest part about all this is Brett Brown is literally on their coaching staff now. So he not only leaves the Sixers and then goes back to literally a new tanking process, but um, yeah, they're going to be bad, but this is good. This is good for them. They got a lot of assets now. These picks are going to be really valuable. Um, I mean, I, I think they, they timed this trade perfectly. Like this is when you're going to get your absolute max for Jante. Like he's still, uh, he's only 25 years old. He'll be 20. Uh, six by the time the season starts but that's that's crazy young man he's at least got four like unbelievable years left this type of player should just stick around for a while so i mean um yeah this is hawks deal i get it like i I don't love it but it's these uh, more i've been thinking about these trades like it's it's almost like i think what's i'll go back to zach lowe's podcast i heard today again they were saying how i think teams are just more willing to part with these first round picks like we've never seen before because of the change in the lottery odds, how it was like a lot higher. Now it's like definitely helps. Like it definitely helps for sure to the core teams, but like, you know, if you're going to kind of not be bad, like, you know, like what we're, we're not worried about it. If it's going to be like a picks, like, you know, even six through 30, like um, unless it's a top core pick or like, you know, forget it, screw it. And um it's just a very interesting thing to sell your whole franchise. Like how the, you know, it's like the arrested development thing. Like, Oh, it didn't work for any of them, but it could work for us. But like, seriously, I mean, like it's really never, I want to say it never works out, but like it most likely usually doesn't doesn't work out. Yeah. But like you said, on the off chance, it does Milwaukee bucks (laughs) traded a lot for drew holiday. I mean, granted still not, you know, three, you know, essentially unprotected picks but still it the, the payoff what for what the payoff is is huge and there's something to be said about just get the players in, get the best players in the building that you can and yeah. hope for the best see what happens after that the other team looking to do that by trading a bunch of unprotected picks is once again we're coming back to the minnesota timberwolves so they traded for rudy gobert uh you might have heard of it uh they trade malik beasley patrick beverly jared vanderbilt um, Leandro Balmero, who was their first round pick last year, Walker mm. Kessler, who was their first round pick this year. They trade four first round picks, three of them being unprotected. Um, and, and that fourth one is a top five protected in like 2029, I think, something like that. So, whatever, you know, they saw the DeJounte Murray trade and they said, hold my beer. They threw in more for a center that doesn't shoot threes versus a guard that plays defense and, and is a playmaker. Um, now, granted, I think the regular season impact that Gobert will have will be greater than that of Murray on the Hawks. I think Gobert is going to completely change this team from a regular season point of view. Yeah. Will he win them championships? No. Probably not. Will he com- make them a top five defense in the league and, and make them compete for you know a home court advantage type of situation in the Western Conference? probably over these next couple of years, the way we like Anthony Edwards. And, and I think if Carl Anthony Towns is your number two guy and Gobert mitigates his issues next to him. This is, is going to be a good regular season team, but man, you are giving up a lot to do it. So Gobert, I mean, last year, 
15 and a half points, nearly 15 rebounds a game, led the league 2.1 blocks. I mean, we know, we know the deal three-time defensive player of the year, multi-time all NBA was on all defensive first team again last year. Uh, but, but these were their chips, right? These were their chips that they kind of had to say, how do we capitalize on cat and Edwards? Um, especially now that we're clearly out of the getting a top one, top three kind of pick year after year situation, what do we push in for? And it's, to get these, you know, kind of twin towers in the post, get a defensive center next to Towns, let Towns be more of a power forward and roam around. Um, you're you're biting, you're you're just itching right now. Go ahead. What what do you what do you think about? Like I said, all I'm saying is going to be a much much better regular season team. You mentioned it. This team has not been to the playoffs in back to back years in decades. They've not had any kind of real consistent regular or postseason success in a very long time slash ever. Um, this will give them some semblance of being relevant and actually good. I think it does cap their ceiling, though. Uh, Smick, what do you got on Gobert to the Timberwolves? This is the worst trade in the NBA <laughs> since the uh, Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce trade to the Nets. It, it, it might be as bad. This is horrible. This is a horrible trade. I, I, Even in the moment, we liked the KG and Paul Pierce to the Nets. In the moment, we were like, there's still a three-year <clears throat> championship window. This is, right. I don't know. This is not that. I just knocked my headset off. I was so like, just, <laughs> that's just, it's horrible. This is absolutely horrible. Now, um, I'm going to keep referring. I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast today. He had John uh, Krasinski, I think is how I say his mm-hmm. name. He's the athletic writer for the Timberwolves. He kind of sold me on the idea. So I'll start by talking about this. Like, I get it from a Timberwolves standpoint. You, and I mentioned this earlier, like, they've only made the playoffs, I don't, I don't even know, X amount of time in 33 years, just like a few times. It's not good. They've been absolutely terrible for 33 years. They've been irrelevant. They literally, like, felt like they were a rim protector away from, you know, easily beating the Grizzlies and just jaw just destroyed them at the rim. And, I think they realized nothing. Like, Cat can't play center, but then Zach Lowe was like, you know, why can't you just sign like a JaVale McGee at center and then like, you know, do like a DeJounte Murray trade? Like that kind of makes a little bit more sense. But truthfully, I don't know if they ever have a championship ceiling with their current court anyway. Um, Anthony Edwards is nasty, but I don't know. Him and him and Cat. So if you're going to make this third star trade, because they technically do have now like three all-star type guys. Mm-hmm. So they do. Um, but really, if you just want to like small city, they've never been good. They've never been a bunch of just like freaking nightmares after one another, the whole Jimmy Butler saga and that whole deal. So they've just been horrible and they, they've never made the playoffs in consecutive seasons since 2004. So we're almost 20 years. So, I mean, um, I get it from that standpoint and the, the A-Rod, the new ownership. So that's what Krzyzewski was saying and all this stuff. He was just like, look, this is why they're doing it. it, it and it, it comes back to like the Knicks thing and the Kings thing, like the Kings, like these, some of these, it's really sad. Like some of these franchises just truly just want to get enough fans in the seats. And that's truly all it's about. And that's a lot of across the all professional sports, but dude, like this is on a straight up, NBA level, like this is a franchise. I don't care about your city thing. Like this is a horrible trade. Like, have you not watched the playoffs the last few years? Like Rudy Bobert cannot stay on the floor. 
he he and I don't know if this was a type of thing that the jazz coaches were doing like his just his drop coverage was just terrible and like you know they got these switches on him and then he just became unplayable and then they went to force you to go small against you and then all this stuff so maybe it just wasn't them like Quinn Snyder countering I don't know I, I'm not sure and like the on that podcast, they were truly trying to talk about how, like, they're like, you know, we all say this is a stupid trade and stuff, but like, you know, no one in the, like this industry is stupid. Like, you know, these are smart guys. So they were saying like, you know, um, I can't think of their head coach's name. Uh, he's uh, Chris. Yes. Uh, he's a smart guy. can figure stuff out. He's also played with some, uh, he's, he's had boogie and, um, AD, AD and, and, and New Orleans and, and had a couple other, uh, Jokic and, uh, Nurkic. our boy and Nurkic, our boy Nurkic. Above uh, me and Bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Denver. So he's had, he's had twin towers ish, um, stuff before, but I, this is crazy man like you you like really pin yourself in like you have to play like cat like like i said if you if you got like a javel mcgee type which isn't the best example but that type of guy where he's just like a, a rim running shot blocker because like i said they they did they didn't need presence at the rim they need to be tougher and all that stuff but like now you're like stuck with cat playing the four like most of the game so then, like in the playoffs, like if it slows down, you need to really space it out and, and have them play five. Then you're definitely then you're sitting your max player on the bench. Like it's just not very versatile. Uh, does this probably get them to the second round? Sure, they're going to be a very good regular season team. I'm like, like I said, I will die on this hill. Regular season and postseason are two mm-hmm. different sports. Um, they're going to be a very good regular season team. They might even be a top three, top four team in the West, which is West is very good. So that's saying something, but they're not going to go far. Basically, I mean, um, yeah, dude, this is just horrible. I mean, I I saw Minnesota Timberwolves fans on Twitter, like, we don't care. We haven't actually hit on a draft pick really since 2000, like, like any of the time. Zach Levine was the only one they've hit on pretty much. Um, So they're like, we throw them away anyway, so it doesn't even matter. I'm like, that's Mm – I mean, there's just the – when it came out, I was like, oh, we're sending this many picks. I was like, oh, okay, wow. And then it was like unprotected, unprotected, unprotected. And like, oh, not even that. We're going to unprotect pick swaps too. Like you gave yourself right. no protection. Yep. I'm like, yeah. I guess the point behind this is like, well, you know, Anthony Edwards is, is young. So we have that banked in. And like we got um, Carly Towns and he's still kind of young. And we can got that banked in. So they're like, really, we're like at least going to be okay if we have those two, even not go bare. So that's like, why do we care about picks? But like, if you trade these guys for these picks and that means you're going to be get bad, but you're also trading your good players to another team, which means those picks will be bad. So like, it's, if that's how they rationalize in their head, that's, that's crazy. And it just seems like once again, the desperation to just kind of continue with success, like, this is not the answer. Like he's uh, making forty six million in like three years, I think. Um, I mean, I, seriously, I, it's a horrible contract. And like, really, Rudy's Rudy by himself is probably uh, going to make yourself a top ten defense anyway. So I mean, like, their defense is going to be very good. Um, they're going to be a fun project. I, I'm interested to see how this works. I will say this, as much as I blasted this trade, I think I enjoy when teams 
go away from the like the group think type of thing mm -hmm. so like yep it's a big move and like rudy's made all these like all-star teams but like no one wants to pick him and like you tell like the respect is levels like you're an all-star but you're also like you're, you're not like an all-star like it's not in the inner circle no. i i am very interested to see what they do offensively even more than defensively because yeah we're both in a group they're going to be a great regular season defensive team i bet in the playoffs he's even going to look better defensively because i think they will ask him to do a little bit more than the, just the standard drop coverage and have him try to protect the rim when teams aren't really going to the rim on adam anyways which neutralizes him i think they'll have him do more stuff i'm excited to see what they do with him on offense all i'll say before we move on here is they better hit with those even year picks because it's one thing to give Brunson 25 million a year in free agency. It's one thing to spend one of your draft picks on Keegan Murray instead of Jaden Ivey and lower right. your ceiling, yep. but to not have any, not, not to not to lessen your bites at the apple and bringing in young assets on rookie contracts to hopefully become rotation players by 50% is a big deal because this team could get really thin, really quick if the 2024 draft, 2026 draft, 2028 draft don't produce good players. So TBD on that. Let's move on here uh, to, to some, some more rapid fire ones. I think these ones will be pretty quick for us. The Mavs get Christian Wood, uh, nearly 18 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 39% three-point shooter on five attempts. Uh, the Mavs got him for essentially the 26th pick in the draft, which ended up being uh, Wendell Moore from Duke. Uh, they traded Boban, some other bench pieces, Christian Wood upgrade over, you know, the, the center rotation they had there last year, Dwight Powell being the main, being the starting center, Maxi Kleba coming off the bench, getting some center minutes. Christian Wood, how much does he improve this team? Does he make up for the loss of Brunson? Um, and, you know, my big thing, I'm excited to see him on a good team. He's been on bad teams so far when he's made this big jump yeah. in his career. So I'm excited to see what he looks like on a winning team. What do you think of the move? I'm like the biggest Christian Wood truther. I think out of all NBA players, I think I'm like, I think that's my guy. I really do. I, I'm not proud to say that because he, uh, Peak that, search, search my Twitter handle and Christian Wood. It's wild. <laughs> I was adamant about playing him for the section, like playing him and having to make the team and he should play more and they just never made it. And, you know, he made it elsewhere, obviously, but. He's a really good player, but I'm very worried. He has been, like, basically kicked off of some teams. He's been sent home. He's been in fights. He did the thing at the halftime. And Ragas basically didn't want him. And, like, I think when he was either hurt or out or whatever, uh, Jalen Green took off. Like, he's not a winning type of player. Like, even though I think I hit on him as, like, yeah, this guy can play, I don't know how he is in the locker room. And, like, I, I can't sit here and, you know – me living in small town USA tell you how Christian Wood is in a locker, but just from what I hear and stuff, it seems like he's not the best. So, I mean, does uh, being in a winning atmosphere change that? Very much could. Maybe he's been around too many immature teams and like, no, like, you know, uh, you got Jason Kidd who seems very strict and, uh, you know, you got one of the best players in the entire world on your team. That might change it. Well, I don't think so. I would bet no, <laughs> but um, Christian Wood talent wise, very good, very underrated. Uh, his contract's a steal. Uh, I went back to saying that you just can't let Brunson walk. So, I mean, like, <clears throat> I'm assuming that just came down to that uh, Brunson just not returning their call or something like that, which just seemed like it really actually was the truth. 
It's not like he was like, yeah, I'm just going to New York. I don't really care. Uh, once they had space, he was like, yeah, you could offer me the same or even more. And like, I, I'm not. So, so I mean, the Mavs cap issues are pretty serious. Like they, they're kind of stuck with what they can do. So they better hope Tim Whitty and their other stuff work out. You know, I got faith in them, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's a good trade and they probably still should be pretty good, but I don't think this is any like world shaping or whatever. I don't know. It's not, this is not major. We'll, we'll see. Slight upgrade over Dwight Powell. Will it make a big difference in the long run? Probably not, but it'll be interesting anyways. Uh, let's see. Let, let's hit these last two here. Um, this one I kind of made as a, as a duo. Uh, Gary Payton II ends up getting a contract to go to Portland. He gets a three-year $28 million deal. Hope to bring some of that uh, championship pedigree. He, he was obviously one of the best stories of the postseason. So he's going to, he, you know, turns out into a nice contract. Um, and then Dante DiVincenzo, who we mentioned earlier, gets his name dropped twice on the same podcast. I think day for right. him. Uh, he comes to Golden State on a two-year $9.3 million deal. Uh, once he ended up in Sacramento, he had a pretty nice end of the season, 25 games, about 10 points, four boards, 37% on threes uh, with about six per attempts per game. So uh, some some nice volume that and nice accuracy that we weren't seeing really in his time in Milwaukee. Um you know, really shout out Gary Payton. I just wanted to mention that because obviously this championship team loses a big piece, but Dante DiVincenzo coming in, I mean, I read immediately as, okay, this is just who they're going to try and replace Gary Payton the second with. Um, what did you think of the uh, of those two moves and how they kind of moved together? Yeah, yeah. No, I think Gary Payton's pretty fun next to Dame and gives him like a, like a, a dog type person. He's got that dog in him, you know, and uh but he's, he's like super old. Like, you know, I think like, cause he kind of just wasn't relevant and then he kind of worked his way back in league. He's like 30, I think, Gary Payton. But great story. Happy got paid. He seemed like a great dude. Uh, I like that move for Portland. Uh, it seems pretty cool. Uh, they usually don't get like anybody. So that's, that's <laughs> happy for him. Uh, DiVincenzo, aka the Michael Jordan of Delaware. That's an actual nickname of his. Um, basketball local. reference. He's a, it might be, he's a local dude for, for me. He's, he grew up like 15, 20 minutes from one of the big but, ragu and white chocolate. Come on guys. He can't have yeah, that. That's, that's so lazy. Um, yeah, no, he was literally the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no Dante, that's a, that's a good little, they, they lost well, Otto Porter and Gary Payton. And that's a, a small role players. That's two rotational guys. So, I mean, I, I think Dante obviously can play in the playoffs. They've seen that it's a good fit. Uh, and I just Googled it. If you type in Michael Jordan of Delaware, Dante DiVincenzo does pop up. So oh, yeah. good piece of, uh, uh, of small time reporting there by Kevin Smith. <laughs> That's why he's here. Uh, let's wrap up That's the right. free agency portion of the podcast. And this was almost strategic because now I can hold you to a time limit on this. Um, That's right. The 76ers are recreating the 2018 Houston Rockets. They've signed PJ Tucker and Daniel House. P.J. Tucker gets a fully guaranteed three-year, $33 million contract. He does that as a 36-year-old, uh, but he did play 71 games last year, 28 minutes per game, so he's still going, but uh, 36 years old to get a three-year guaranteed deal right away um, is pretty uh, interesting. Daniel House, I think, essentially got like the baby mid-level, two years, $8.4 million. Um Talk to me about these moves. I, I know in a vacuum you were excited about PJ Tucker. Don't know how you feel about the contract itself. Um, how much does this help Philly uh, for next year? 
So this is very simple. We really got Tucker and House because Harden took a, a pay cut. So to me, that's a win. So essentially, he could have been like Bradley Beal or any other people <laughs> that were like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to get paid or Russ and just opt in. And um, I give him credit. I, I was blown away. Um, I thought he should have done this, but uh, it's not my money. And he could have easily just said, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm just going to opt into 50 mil, basically. And he didn't. So um, I think that might have been the deal. It's like, hey, I'm going to opt out, but you're going to get my guys. So I think that's kind of why. I, I think that's uh, more is creating the wrong. I think it really was just like, no, James is like, you're getting my guys. Like, it really seemed like we're com- making That was James the point I was going to ask you. Is it a pay cut just so you can go get players? Or did he say... I'm going to take this much off and you're going to give that money to, to PJ and Daniel. Yes. That's what I was just about to ask you. Yeah. There was some, like deep rumors that uh, when house got kicked out of the bubble for uh, doing some stuff uh, that it actually was hard and that house took the fall. He owes them. So it's like house, <laughs> house is worth the minimum. Like he doesn't worth the biannual exception. And uh, it's like, no, like that's what he's getting that's paid back for that. But anyway, no, um, it, I I hate the Tucker contract, but it's also like I don't know, ten million dollar contracts in NBA are very tradable. So like, how bad can it be? So like, I mean, I never want to pay a thirty six year old or that's going to be almost forty by the end of his contract, and it's even a player option at the end of third year. So like, at least have him for two years, but mark it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's a very easily tradable contract. Yeah, some like this, and then like a young player and and stuff so i i don't hate it that part because not like you're giving someone like 20 30 million so I, it's not ideal but like we do need this type of player and, and joel even called out it's like we need a pj tucker on our team and um house is very good i, I like him he was actually probably i want an auto porter or him on the biannual exception i think porter actually got a little bit more than that so that wasn't even possible um so I was, I was very happy with that um he's a very good wing that probably should have played more in the playoffs uh with the jazz um and was very has the best seasons with harden i mean he started uh, about 82 games 89 games for, for the rockets over three seasons um you know he pretty much has just gotten better at he does more than you think. Like you think he's just a three and D shooter guy but he can get to the rack and do some other stuff like he's, he's pretty good like he's not great but i think he's a great seventh eighth man and that he will not get played off the court in the playoffs and and in my opinion our biggest weakness was we did not have guys that can just stick uh in the playoffs i mean we had like about five guys that could play on the playoffs and that's why we didn't win last year we're just not deep enough you know you lose danny green uh also they trade for DeAnthony melton which is another draft pick of maury's and uh i think that's a good pickup uh, a lot of <clears throat> i mean you just don't trade a younger guard like that for any reason. So he's got his negatives, but um, I think he's pretty decent, uh, really good defender. So he can, you know, kind of mask Harden a little bit. And I think that's a really good third option. You can split Maxi and, and Harden with him. Um, so I like that. That's another, it's a good guard to play in the playoffs, but apparently he's really, really been bad at playoffs according to Grizzly fans. That's what they were, they were saying. Like he's just like shuts down. So they'll fit in with the rest of us with Harden and everything. Everybody else doesn't show up in the playoffs. So it's perfect fit. Um, uh, but no, I think it's like not exciting, probably because also this was expected. Um, again, it's just also like, oh, now it's a joke because they're just signing all these Rockets guys. But really, it's like, no, we've had a pretty good offseason. And I think, uh, uh, there's the Duncan guy, um, the real smart guy. 
Um, anyway, uh, him and Hollinger, Duncan and Hollinger podcast, they were saying like um, Smith, is that it? No, his last name's Duncan. Anyway, he said that it's um, a different Twitter account. We actually have the best power forward and the best small forward, like who changed teams um, and free agency. And I'm like, hey, you know what? It's that's not terrible. That's probably true. So, um, you know, um, that's Nate Duncan. That's who it is. Sorry, oh, okay. that's why I was a little distracted. I was like, yeah, Nate Duncan said that. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I, I can get behind that. It says words on mine. So, PJ's good. And like I said, we strictly got these guys because Harden took a pay cut. So it's like, that's a win. I mean, it's like if he had all the right to take that, and if he, if he, if he did, then he just don't have these guys. So makes us deeper and, you know, fills out our star in rotation. It's, I think we should still be a top three or four team. I'm not sure about the playoffs, but anything can happen then health matters. But yeah, I think it's been, I think it's pretty good off season. Nothing flashy or anything, but solid. Well said. The only thing I can add is Daniel House, uh, 2016 Summer League legend, uh, big three with uh, Daniel Ochefu and Sheldon Mack of the Washington Wizards. Wow. Um, that was a that was a big that was a big summer for me, and that was coming off of just a couple years before was the Otto Porter Glenn Rice Jr. Summer League for the Wizards. So some fun summer leagues for the Wizards in those years. Uh, good good times. Good, good times. times. All right, Smick, so we're gonna take it home with everybody's favorite. Let's sit around and, and talk about a bunch of fake trades that uh, probably won't ever happen. Uh, Kevin Durant, obviously, if you've been living under a rock, has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he has two teams, I think, on his uh, quote-unquote list right now. Uh, that list is the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns. There's some machinations we can do in, in terms of a trade for that, but some, it gets a little complicated. So uh, I tried to think of as many as I could. I'm sure you have a couple on your list as well. Uh, so here's the way I'm going to do this. You're going to be Brooklyn. You're going to be yeah. the Nets. You're trading Kevin Durant. Uh, he has a four years left on his deal, which is why that list is a little, hey, who cares about your list? But, you know, we'll see what we can do. But you're trading. You're trading Kevin Durant. I'm coming at you with every offer I can think of from every other team. You're going to tell me if it's something you'd be into. If you have a quick counter offer you want to throw together, you can let me know. And uh, we're going to go from there. So are you ready? Mr. Uh, Sean Kevin Smith Marks. Let's do it. Fantastic. All right. So first off, I'm coming to you today as the Miami Heat. Uh, I heard I'm his uh, Kevin Durant's preferred destination. Uh, I'm coming at you with a package of Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and every pick I can send you. What do you say? I laugh and hang up. Exactly. That's what happens every single time, and that's why everybody should just move on from the Miami Heat. Um, if I came at you with the with the same package and replaced Lowry with Bam, what do you, what do, what would you say to that? Then the Nets got trade Simmons, uh, which makes this complicated. But I consider it. But also, like I think Durant should want to play with Bam, and it's also like this is why this is not realistic to me. And I think this is why all this KD stuff is kind of interesting and. Uh, this you're one's going to want a lot harder than any yeah. other trade we've seen. And I'm right all these there players with that are going to get sent back are, are ones you want to be playing for. And, and why would the Nets take anything else? Yeah, it's a hard no. I mean, I don't think that the Heat can do it unless you trade Jimmy Butler back. It's also like he would want to play with Jimmy Butler. So it's like, right. this is rough, man. And it's like, 
I don't know. You'll never get enough value. I, I want to say that. I don't think you'll ever recoup enough value because how are you going to recruit? How are you going to replace one of the best players of all time? You don't. You're not. You're not. Okay. If they somehow got out of this with Bam, I think Bam is legitimately the best player they could get in, in this situation. But I don't think Miami even does that. I think they say, we'll, we'll just bet on something else coming down the pike because uh, Bam is, is our future. So I'm with you. I think, I think Miami is going to be out um unless some some crazy yeah simmons three team and then you get into who wants simmons and uh if you listen to this podcast you know what we think about simmons uh and what smick specifically thinks about him so i don't think that's gonna happen we're moving on uh i'm coming at you today uh mr kevin smick from the phoenix suns and and what i'm going to do is i'm going to sign and trade deandre ayton i'm even going to include mikhail bridges and I'll send you three draft picks that uh, each have protections on them. Um, and I'm sending you all that, of course, for Mr. Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin, how do you feel about that trade? So over here, plugging in my laptop because about to die. But um, I, I think this is probably pretty close of a trade. Okay. Um, I still say no, but um, – <laughs> The thing is, like, just none of these trades that seem realistic move the needle. It's like, if you know, I, if I role throw player and role player. Johnson, if I throw in Cam Johnson, do you feel any differently about this trade than no, already no, because, like, it's, it's like you need Booker. Like, I need Booker or at least the Nets, just the situation they're in with their lack of picks need to be at least competitive. They're not tanking. So it's not like, hey, let's just blow it all up. Like, no, you, you still need players back. So, like, and I think – uh you know, their ownership was kind of just like, well, you know, we'll, we're fine with guys that like, you know, want to compete and just kind of so like sound, basically they sound like they're fine with like a top six seed. And like we're going to be in the hunt. Yeah. We're not going to be great. So they can build around Simmons and some other guys like it won't be terrible. Like I think it'll be fine. But um, yeah, man, some of these are just nonstar. Like, why would you want a bunch of role players like and these Simmons picks? He's going to come know, out the winner, isn't he? He's going to come out of this situation not playing in. in a year or two and he's going to have his own team out of this whole thing. He's going to be in, yeah, you, he's going to be in Sacramento for sure. But if you think it, let's say you take this trade and you think, okay, if I were to build a team around Simmons, what would I want? I want a center who is going to play the defense and, and do the dirty work for Ben because everyone tries to shoot for Ben in that center. I want a couple wings that can shoot threes and play defense. And I've already got Seth Curry. So, so yeah, Ben's going to end up winning out of this thing. Um, Right. I'm with you. Like Cam Johnson doesn't add a ton, but you you sure as hell demand him in that trade if you're Brooklyn. And then if you're Phoenix, you know, you have your big three, you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker, you have Kevin Durant, but then you do get into that situation where, hey, I'm losing a lot of depth. And we just went through this with Brooklyn where they had a big three and we thought it was all going to be sunshine and roses and it didn't work out. So it gets a little dicey, there. but I do like the Phoenix deal for Brooklyn more than Miami, as you said. So let's move on to this this next one here. Um, I'm coming at you. I think we're going to have a lot of back and forth on this one. From Toronto, from, from your friends up north. And I'm going to first come at you with uh, Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua, and four first-round picks. Uh, Smick, what do you say to that? Nope. You're going to make me include Scotty Barnes, aren't you? It's a it's Scotty Scotty Barnes or bust absolutely yeah no I'm not I'm not taking this unless I'm if I'm them without Scotty and I don't think the Raptors do it which I think we I don't know if we were on air or not for this but I would 
definitely trade Scotty Barnes. I think this is uh like he's he's good, man. But uh, a few podcasts I've I've been listening to over the last week, it's like I I guess Scotty Barnes is really good. I don't see him being like Dwayne Wade level good. Like I think he's pretty solid player. I don't think he's a number one player. So I mean, yeah, I trade him, and then I think you know you got a few year window to be a, a, a for sure lock of a title contender, and probably like I think I said earlier, also the favorite this year. So um, I think that's a deal you make, but it's very so, hard to pull that. So if you're if you're Toronto or Brooklyn, what do you say to Scotty Barnes? Let's say Gary Trent Jr. as salary filler and two picks. Probably still need to just give them the whole. That's what's tough. Like, it, I don't think the Raptors do that. Like, to give them your basically like this absolute stud you just hit on, like guaranteed stud. And then you're going to be like, oh, you still want like three or four picks plus a pick swap. Yeah. Pick swaps in between. I, I almost think, I, I think the two picks is the most you're going to get if Barnes is involved. And then I think if you get into any of those core <laughs> veteran players yeah. with Barnes, so a Siakam and Barnes, a Van Vliet and Barnes, an OG and an Obi and Barnes. I think right. then you get no picks. I think I think that's how Toronto's going to see it. They're going to see Barnes as not only a star player now, but hey, this guy is equivalent to all those picks because you trade for four or five first round picks, hoping for one Scotty Barnes. Right. Right. So I don't. You're not getting the mother load. You're getting one to two picks that are protected pretty well, tops. Nope. If you're getting nope. Scotty Barnes, so then if you're Brooklyn, you're saying. Do we put all of our eggs? Do we put the Kevin Durant eggs just on Scotty Barnes or not? It might end up being the best deal you get. Um, he, he might be the player. You know, I said earlier, Bam would be the best player you get, but we don't think that's very realistic. Barnes might be the best player in terms of a young asset that you get in this trade. So that's where you weigh in. Do sure. we want a lot of stuff or do we just hope to have one guy we could really hit on? So um I came up with a lot of these, but but I think the sliding scale is you either get one of the Corvette players with a lot of picks, uh, and then maybe like Precious Achua as a nice young player, or you get Scotty Barnes and salary filler, but you don't get a combination. You don't get a nice veteran piece, Scotty Barnes and draft picks for sure. Um, that's my last realistic one. Uh, let's just throw all the crazy ones out there now. You ready? Sure. Can I well can I, I read the odds of his next team oh, as, yeah. of, as oh, of right yeah. now? Yeah. We are minus 165 for the Suns. That's a yep. I read it was a 62% chance that he goes there. Um Raptors are next, plus 400. They've been moving up a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um Brooklyn Nets stays there, eight plus eight fifty. Then we're getting the Heat, Bulls, Trailblazers, uh, Sixers, Pelicans, Lakers, Warriors. Series. I'll just Pelicans. say this uh, the Warriors thing was apparently being really talked about and, and like that would be the lamest thing ever this needs to not happen I'll be so upset if it does everybody would be so upset this is how corny is it that he would also go back again and then it just makes the like like please no well while we're on it let's just get it out of the way really quick if you're Brooklyn do you do it for Wiggins Wiseman Kaminga Moody and Picks that's what I'm saying. They have like, no, add Jordan Poole. And that, uh, like, that's probably the Jordan Poole, pa- does it? Yeah. It's the best package. Yeah. You, you say, so, all right, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, uh, Kaminga. That's a Moody. lineup. That's a whole thing. And then, lineup. like, every pick you have, like, that's, yeah. It's the best trade. I think this looks like, yeah, this can't happen. 
<laughs> they're not they're gonna make a call. Seriously, that's a like that. I don't know if people talk about that. The, the Warriors have like a filthy trade package, whether it's for somebody else. Um, but oh, good lord, yeah, it's just a great organization there. Um, but yeah, just I just wanted that happen. So anyway, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here. I have to sneak this one in. Smick, I'm the Washington Wizards. I'm Tommy Shepard. Um, I have Chris Epps, Porzingis. I have Rui Hachimura, I have Denny Avdia, and I have 10th overall pick in this year's draft, Johnny Davis, and I have all of my picks. You get all of them. They're all unprotected. 23, 25, 27, and 29 unprotected pick swaps in the even years. Um, what do you got? No. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> this Chris in in 1.0 seconds when that tweet came through i simultaneously said to myself i'm not doing this again while typing an espn trade machine and clicking in chris porzingis and all those guys right the salary matches yeah oh my god it's it's too perfect there is a world where if things get real desperate you could say well chris has never had his own team he's healthy these young forwards are interesting. Johnny Davis is a heat check kind of guard that might fit with what we want to do. Will Barton's the perfect of, salary filler for the trade. Yeah, uh, Will Barton's too much. You can't have Will Barton. Also, I, I need I need him. Kevin Durant is coming to play with Will Barton. We can't okay. we can't move on. Gotcha. Um, it really you're making the trade for all the picks because when Durant and Beal both won out in two years, then then those are good picks. Um, yeah. But man, I. I'd still do it, obviously. Uh, we're getting into the to the groups now where – well, actually, here, here's another one that's going to be more of a question mark. The Memphis Grizzlies. This deal doesn't yeah, get done without Jaron Jackson Jr., right? The deal doesn't get done without Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, Dylan Brooks, Stephen Adams as the salary filler, those guys together get close to the salary, and then a bunch of filler and a bunch of picks. That, that doesn't get it done, right? You yeah. need Jaron Jackson Jr. And – I, then you go one step further. I don't know if Brooklyn does it without Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain, but I don't know if Memphis is sen- is, is sending those guys out um, because you still be need to give up yeah, Dylan 100%. Brooks for salary purposes, uh, unless you send Stephen Adams instead of Dylan Brooks. So Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, Desmond Bain, and then whatever little bit of salary and picks you need a- after that. But I. I just don't think they do think have both, a lot of young players. They do. Dyer Williams. Do. Uh, they yep. got Brandon Clark. Yep. Um, some fun players. I mean, they they could they could. I don't know why they're not on this list. Yeah. Maybe they just. Uh, yeah, we'll so see. if you're Memphis, and and obviously they're one of those teams that loves what they're building. It's a young group that loves to be there. They're winning the city over. Can you give up on that that this early? for Kevin Durant it's one thing in like a year or two but they just had their coming out party can you already capitalize on that for Kevin Durant if you have to trade more than half of that young core to, to get it if you have to trade let's say you have to trade Triple J and Des Bain, but you can keep Dylan Brooks and then you have your essentially your one is Kevin Durant your two is John Morant and your three is Dylan Brooks you fill in the rest of it do you, do you do that? And is that who you roll with for the next four years? Those three guys, uh, and give up on this young group with with Bain and Jackson, fine, Moran. Probably. I, I was. I've also heard, to, I've, right? 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of people silly. say like Durant, most people at his age cannot be a one. So like he's really needing to go to a team that has like a bona fide superstar, like a Devin yep. Booker, Joel Embiid, um, anything like like guaranteed superstars. Yep. Yeah, job yep. for sure. Can I tell you my two dark? I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but who, who I think he honestly could get to. Sure. Let's see if there, there are any of the last couple on my list here. Uh, well, actually, I would just say the one really one team. I think the, the Portland Trailblazers. Yes. I have Portland on here. Go ahead. Pitch it to me. All right. So I'm saying it to Anthony Simons. Yep. Anthony Simons. Um, Shaden Sharp. Yep. And then basically salary fillers and all their picks. I had the exact same thing in here. So you got Nurkic. Yep. Jeremy Grant, KD. Um, what did they just do with Bledsoe today? Because did they just release him? They did, yeah. Okay, because that could have been a his salary. His contract player. was guaranteed. So they were oh, just, yeah, tomorrow or, or later today, yeah. yeah. So Let's he see. was making a lot. Yep, yes, he was. Where – oh, and Nurkic, Nurkic would be a sign-in trade, right? Because he's technically a free agent right now. They signed him, though. He's back. They did? That did yeah, go through? Back. Okay. Yep. That hasn't updated on here yet. No, I think Dame and I think it would be cool because like I, the the Warriors thing, like that's the closest to Golden State right there. Nice. Um, you could battle out with that because I think that the league needs that like a rivalry with KD and like the Warriors. Like, you know, he left them and it's like, oh, let me go do my own thing. But it's like now it's like, oh, no, they won. And now you're getting like, oh, KD, like Mr. Troll. And like, how cool would it be just to go to like the basically the next state over? And just be like, hey, like division rival, if you could call it that. But like, you know, you already got a top 20 player, top 15 player in the league there. Um, Jeremy Grant was Olympian. Like, it's not a bad squad if you, you can pull that. I really think they're a dark horse. They're uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth on this list, plus 1,100 right now. Like, odds are not very high, but I think that almost seems like the most realistic. Um, Simons is really good, and I think yep. he could easily be a number one on a bad team. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah he so can I mean, get like, 25 a night if he if he's yeah. a top guy for sure. So I mean, like Simons and Simmons, that'd be kind of fun. Um, I don't believe he's on that designated rookie contract either. Like he made just 20 million a year, so I think he's not on that list of. Yeah, he didn't get like an ex- yeah, yeah. I think you're Shade right. and Sharp is just like next level like crazy high ceiling but could be a bust so like it's worth taking a chance like so you just kind of don't know i, I don't see why not there yep. um when this, they took this... skate and sharp i thought it was going to be for a trade because a team like portland who's trying to get into the playoffs doesn't normally make that pick there especially when there's other guys you could have picked so as soon as that one that was the one pick that came through that i said maybe they are trading this pick shout um, out yeah, uh, I, mike smiths who they, uh Traffic Express legend. Man, how cool is that? You remember yeah. when we were in school? It was oh, yeah. 2013, and, and Draft Express was one of those things where you it was almost like uh, – well, what else was – it was like Bleacher Report was like this. At one point, this is not right. a reputable source. You Google for like some NBA news. This thing pops up. You're like, yeah, this isn't a real thing. Next thing you know, they're, they're bought by ESPN. Mike Schmidt's on TV, and I was working for a team. So shout out, Schmidt. That, that's right. pretty sweet. Um, But I'm with you on Portland. I had them on here too. I think if you're Brooklyn, it's something you consider because I think Simons is, is one of those players. Um, I just be worried. You're not 
getting enough stuff. And again, I'd rather have a yeah. Scotty Barnes. I'd rather have a Jaron right. Jackson Jr. I'd rather have even probably the the combo of Aiton and Bridges. I think I'd still rather have those. But if if you're also really into the picks and one of those three teams isn't sending the amount of picks you want because they're sending you better players, Portland will send you the picks. You know, Simons and, and all the picks you want can happen. Um, so if Brooklyn is more interested in that, I think someone, whether it's Woj or Sham, said that they want an all-star level player and then a bunch of picks. Like, those were their goals. Yeah. Um, does Simons fill that need? I don't know. But, again, do you get all the picks with the Barnes, with the Bridges and Aiton, with the Jackson Jr.? I don't know. Um, let's see. I have two more for you. Let me okay. let me start here because we, we talked about them earlier a bit. Uh, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. That's what I was going to say. That was my other team. And I'm calling about uh, sending Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham, and all the picks. Yeah, that's not terrible. Do you do that as Brooklyn? Do you, Brandon Ingram is a bona fide number one guy on an average playoff competing team. If I have to put him and uh, Simmons together, that's funny. That, that, that would be good. One that, two. That, that'd be content. Um, uh, I still don't think I do that now. Don't do that. Ingram's probably a guy that makes a couple all-star teams or a few all-star teams. He's not yep. an annual all-star. So, I mean, yep. it's just decent, but um, – I don't know what some... the rules about Zion are with his contract and when he signed I'm pretty stuff. sure it means know. they can't trade him now. Yeah. He's off the table. Yeah. Um, So, I, I'd probably say no. But they, they do have, like, crazy amount of picks because of the Lakers picks. So, they might even be able to add exactly. more picks. Yep. I mean, them and the and, Thunder and have the, the most picks. picks. Yeah, through holiday trade. So yeah, a ton of picks and Brandon Ingram, right. um, and you can even swing, you know, saying, oh, we also got Devontae Graham, which is a, a nice rotational player. Yada yada yada. Um, yeah. I I like that one. I think I think I like it even. What do you like better, Ingram and in all the picks, or Simons and all the picks for this team? For I, I'm trying to take my bias out because I would really right. like to see him on the Portland Trailblazers, but. Uh oh man, but just between Portland and the Pelicans, I'd probably take Simons. I think he has the highest up ceiling. And then Sharp's ceiling's way higher than any other player of the Pelicans. So I'd probably go with that. What did the who did the Pelicans get in the draft? Was that was that my guy uh Dyson Daniels? Dyson Daniels. Yeah, uh Dyson Daniels is a very particular kind of player. So I think Sharp and Sign. I think Sharp is the part you're a little more interested in, a little more of that upside. But I yeah. could see either one, honestly. I think I like Ingram a bit better, but I, I think Portland probably gets you more other stuff because the picks. But then again, it's not like you're getting the Pelicans picks. You get all those Laker picks, and and that's that's very interesting. I think I I'd know. be really. I think I'd be really into that one. Yeah. Um. I've I got one, one more. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. Go I've got it. one more. And we talked about them already. It's the New York Knicks. I'm coming at you with uh, Julius Randle, mm. Obi Toppin, and all the picks. I just got a bunch of picks from a bunch of different teams. I have my own picks. I have some picks from Dallas. I got a pick from the Wizards. I think they have three first-round picks next year. They do. Um, very protective, and, but yeah, they do. And and a couple others sprinkled in throughout the next couple of seasons. So I have all the picks you want. 
I have Randall, who's a bona fide, like all-star, legitimately was an all-NBA player just two years ago. I have Obi Toppin, which is even great because I know you now. I now know you love them. They play the same position, so that's going to be a little tricky, but it's a it's a legitimate player right now. It's a young, promising player, and it's all the picks you want. I still say no because this Randall and Simmons seems like a weird fit. They're like the same player. Randall Simmons and Toppin as a front court would be it's horrible. Would be a that's struggle. A, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I I don't even know. Can I, can I? So you're you're done with your? Uh, those were those were all of my. I mean, we didn't spend enough time on Washington, but uh, yeah, those are all the ones I had written down. So this is what makes me. Let me get my little Homer speech out here. Like, we see stars dictate where they want to go. Now I don't know what James Harden and Kevin Durant think of each other right now. It seemed like Durant was very upset at Harden, but they were very tight at one point. It might have been like, yo, I understand why you're going, but like, why are you leaving me? I don't know. What else it could be like, yo, F this dude, he left. I don't know. So I, I truly can't speak on that. Regardless, they were enough where they wanted to play together a few years ago. Um, I had seen Mike Harden left more because of Kyrie than anything. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, out of all the, like, what makes me think the Sixers have a chance is all these trade offers just are kind of garbage so it's like i I, one of the i think it was like probably once again zach lowe's podcast was saying like all these superstar trades they started tier a like they mentioned when shaquille o'neal got traded from the lakers to the heat they were like we want Dwayne Wade, and here like hang up the phone no and they were like so then you basically ask around the whole league so yes for devin booker yes for zion williamson yes for all these like top tier younger dudes and they hang up the phone. And then you so eventually you drop your price down, you go to the tier B, you go to the B level players, which ended up for the Heat being Lamar Odom at the time was kind of a decent trade. I mean, actually, he won a title with them, but uh, with the Lakers. But um, yeah, anyway, so that's what makes me think like, huh, <clears throat> it doesn't seem like you're going to get these top tier guys. So the, the price, I don't think it's going to be historical value. And a lot of times these, Paul George trade and stuff like you're just like wait it's just that like it's Victor Oladipo and a bunch of picks like what so like a lot of these times these major deals it's like so anyway reason I'm holding out hope and I, and I told you this before we even on on air like I think we're in the running I don't see why we're not in the running um so what do you think of this trade Tyrese Maxey Tobias Harris Matisse Thibel 2029 first. Can you trade 2029 first? So 2029 first. He so removed, we removed the pick protections that we could we already have our 2027 pick trade to Brooklyn, which is top eight protected. So we removed protections. It's unprotected, boom, we can have it. Um, and then pick swaps in the even years. Just I don't know if it's enough draft capital. I mean, obviously you're doing it for Maxi. How for long sure. does a how long does a Harris's contract go through two more years. So not this, it's, it's ending. So he has two full seasons left. Okay. So, I mean, to me, that's a playoff team. Right. I mean, you're, you still have like Royce O'Neal and Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. And then you add Tobias in there. Maxie's your point guard who I, my prediction on Maxie is he's not an annual all-star for sure, but I think he definitely can sneak into an all-star that's team cool. here there. 
he's like a fringe all-star. So like they said, they want to answer all. And I agree with you that the picks are not as good as they can be. Um, but I mean, honestly, I want to be afraid to do pick swaps with us because Durant's older, Harden's older. That's not and a bad you thing. could get too. hurt any year. Oh yeah, I mean, that's I think that's partially why they kind of wanted to do the trade with us to begin with because they're like, oh yeah, well, I can fail with us. So I I think we have a chance with that package. <laughs> I, I really do, like, because I think once it starts getting to us, like, that's not horrible. And I think they do, like I said, they want to be competitive, and that's probably not too far off. I guess them probably that's definitely a playoff team. Yep. Not a good one. They're not right. winning the title. It's not a bad one. So let's let's look through. Let's talk about if if some of those A-list players or those teams with the A-list guys say no. Let's say Toronto says Scotty Bonds is just off the table. And you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to do this for Pascal Siakam, even though that you know, all NBA type player in his own right. So I think there's a little something. So let's even let's say Toronto's on the table, but not Scotty Bonds. Let's say Pascal Siakam is the guy you're looking at. Let's say Phoenix is still on the table with Aiton and Bridges. Let's say Miami's off the table because Bam Adebayo is gone. So now the package is sent around Tyler Hero, right? So we have Tyler Hero, we have Mikhail Bridges, we have Pascal Siakam, uh, we have Jordan Poole. Uh, let's say they they accept that. Let's say Memphis doesn't do Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's say that's their A-level guy that they say no to. And then you're looking at like Des Bain, Dylan Brooks, Steven Adams, let's say Desmond Bain is the B-level guy you're looking at. Right, right, right. Brandon Ingram, Anthony Simons. So Anthony Simons, Brandon Ingram, Desmond Bain, Scott, uh, Pascal Siakam, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Maxey. Where does Maxey really fall on that to you, especially if you consider some of those other teams are including – just straight up, like every pick we can give you, whereas Phillies is a little bit lower. But just even on on B level player, but, and let's let's do individually, Hero or Maxi, who would Maxie. you rather get in a trade, Maxi? Maxi, hundred percent. Maxi or Siakam? Probably. Well, where I think the Nets will be, I probably take Siakam. I think so, so too. I yeah, think so. so too. I'll, I'll say that. Maxi um, or Poole. Mm, that's actually closer than it probably should be. Nah, actually, oh. uh, what what do you say? I don't even know. I think I say, uh, I think I say pool. And again, it's not fair because I think Golden State can offer so much more in addition to that. I almost want to forget they exist, to be honest. Right. Like, I, I don't even want to talk about them with this. Um, Ingram or Maxi? This is what I'll say. So I know we're doing a player by player thing, but I think it's that second player with it. So like, not only is Maxi going as the headliner, you're getting Tobias Harris too, and Tobias is still good. Like Tobias is overpaid, absolutely, but I, I I'm a big Tobias Harris fan. That's so that's that's a big deal. I think I think that's what gets us over the hump compared to the other teams. Like it's, you know, Brandon Ingram and Devontae Graham, who is garbage and picks, and like I said, New Orleans picks are better, but it's also like. You get a, basically like a future all-star and like a fringe all-star. Like Tobias is like as high as you'll get without ever making – he'll never make an all-star team. But he's very good, like third, fourth guy, yep. um, a borderline championship team. I mean, show that with the last the last few years. Um, I think that's where the difference is. It's like, you know, like I would take Anthony, Anthony Simons over Tyrese Maxey. But then you got to go to the contract. Maxey still has uh, two-plus years – of basically making nothing 
Um, and then, you know, to, like I said, I think they're trying to be better now. So maybe they want to take that Tobias shot over the Shaden Sharp. And like I said, I didn't even mention that or trade Matisse Thibel, which they seemed very interested at the time. But I think partially why we didn't ship him there then was because they didn't want to have another unvaccinated player if they had to go to Toronto in the playoffs. So those three players, man, I, I think player-wise, I think that's as bad as good as you're going to get. We're not, we're not competing in the pick compartment. They also might not want to trade us both of their all-stars once to the town down the street. And so I think it probably also comes down to that. It's, but just take straight up package wise. I think we're a top three package. I think it gets in the conversation. I I think I'd have some quibbles with top three because I do think those picks are going to be very important, but I'm a huge, I mean, I'm a huge fan of all of those players in a vacuum. I think you're exactly right. Like I said, it gets you in the conversation so then it's about what's your what's most important to your team. Is it picks? Is it just good players right now? Is it a combination of the two? So you're willing to be somewhere in the middle, right? It doesn't have to be all the picks the Pelicans can give you. It doesn't have to be the Bam out of bio, but it has to be a player a step below him and, and a number of picks a step below the Pelicans, right? Just depend. We have no idea. You know, we'll never know. Woj can tweet. They want an all-star and a bunch of picks. We'll yeah. never know if that's a misdirect, if that's coming from uh, Durant's agent, if that's coming from a third team not even like involved in any of this. We'll never know what their motivation is, even when the trade is done. Because when the trade's done, we don't know if that was the, the, the last resort, the fifth team they talked to. There's no way to know. But it does. I think Maxi Harris, Bible, every pick you can give gets you in the conversation, which is, at, you know, more than the Wizards can say, which is uh, I think cool. they should like should probably shoot for Bam. I think that's probably what should. If they pull and, off and Bam, realistic, yeah, I think if they pull off Bam, this looks very different for them. Um, yeah. So you Bam, get Bam, Bam Duncan Schreich. Robinson, and maybe maybe you don't get Duncan. You you might get Duncan, Bam Max, Duncan, and a couple bench guys. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, they're very good players. Yep. Um, they're very like I mean. Um, and then you still got the potential to buy or a uh, Kyrie trade. Um, yeah. And then you need Russell Bam. Westbrook in and then you're all set. But getting banned with them meaning trading Simmons, so you're getting something for Simmons, whether they're probably not going to get as much as they should for Simmons because of that. But that's at least an interesting. Right. Yeah. 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 All sorts of things. Who knows what can happen? Um, make i have no idea how long it's been i don't know what day it is anymore uh but man this was a ton of fun uh where where can people get all these like crazy sports takes from you where where are you i'm just on twitter at, at s-m-i-c-k-y-y-y so at smicky smick with three uh, y's that's Smick, it. you're the best man appreciate it uh let's try, see man. programming yeah. reminders guys we are now we're now everywhere so if you thousands of people that listen to this podcast if you have friends that you've told this podcast about and they say i'd love to listen but i don't do spotify or apple where i've been this whole time uh good news i'm now on google i'm now on amazon music so uh go like and subscribe follow rate the podcast listen to the podcast um this has been a blast i I love doing this every week i really appreciate everybody coming on and listening smick i appreciate you being back we cannot go another three months, four months between pods. So we'll have you on soon. We'll do 
maybe I'll get you interested in an NBA legacy pod, or maybe we'll just do worse franchises and American sports ranking pod. Um, sure. Either way, we'll do it again soon, my man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man, and pleasure as always. Can't wait for the next one. All right. Everybody be safe. Have fun. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. We'll